This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 13th, 2022. Thankful, distracted gratitude. Good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this just a great day to be together? Yeah, nice cool breeze, cool breeze outside. <laughs> so today's week two of our series on thankful. And today we're going to be looking at distracted gratitude. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My voice is back. Woo! Uh, I'm Carrie Jones. (laughs) (laughs) This is what he has to live with. (laughs) I'm Alan Jones. (laughs) And if you were here last week, I couldn't talk. And so our girls, our daughters, Erin and Devin, jumped in, and we were so proud of the message that they gave, and um, I really am grateful. Thank you. I thanked Aaron this morning, too. You know, I think my voice is starting to go, though. <laughs> You're tapped out. Yeah, there's they're... four of us for a reason. <laughs> That's funny. She said there's four of us for a reason. We have four kids. So, you know, it's all in. Yeah, we'll fly Megan up. <laughs> yeah, we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for healing. Thank you that we can praise you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It is amazing grace that you shower upon us. And now as we take a look at this message on gratitude and we talk about distracted gratitude, Please remove any distractions, Lord, that might take us from being focused on you and and who you are and whose we are. And so we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. 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 Gratitude, the quality of being thankful Readiness to show appreciation and to return kindness, an affirmation of God's goodness that we heard about last week. Gratitude. We all have reasons to be grateful if we really think about it. The question is, do we take the time to do it? Do we take the time to appreciate what we have, who we are, whose we are? Do we take the time not just to appreciate, but to show that appreciation, to return the kindness? Or do we just let the distractions of life keep us from being truly grateful? Are we suffering from distracted gratitude? So in the book of Luke, Luke is in the New Testament, it's a gospel. Gospel is the life and ministry of Jesus. We find a a story that really nails what we're trying to get to today. It's found in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. 
and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. One out of ten. This one out of ten of the lepers took the time to come back to Jerusalem to show appreciation, to show gratitude, to show thankfulness. One out of ten. And he was the foreigner. <laughs> he was the one, Samaritan. He was the one whom the Jews would have hated because of where he came from, where he lived, what he believed. Yet he was the one. The one out of the ten. Falling on the ground. Praising God. Thanking Jesus for what he had done. He was the one. We're sure that the others were thankful. I mean, they had been living apart. They were isolated in their own community among others who had leprosy. They were separated from their families. They couldn't go to the synagogue. They were considered unclean. And so now they have a chance to re-enter into, into life. And yet, nine out of ten didn't take the time to express gratitude to the one who was responsible for their freedom. Nine out of ten were too busy. My guess is that they were so excited that they just wanted to run home and hug on their family. I would have. But one out of ten returned. Nine were distracted with whatever. Maybe they did, just didn't have time. Maybe they were excited, but they didn't show their gratitude to Jesus. Distracted gratitude. You know, it's easy to condemn these guys for their ungratefulness, but maybe they weren't ungrateful. Maybe just busy, caught up, distracted. Maybe they let the things of life get in the way of their expressions of gratitude. Happens to me. In fact, I'm horrible. I'm absolutely horrible at writing thank you notes for like birthday gifts. Man, if you've given me a birthday gift, the chances are good you didn't get a, thankful, a thank you note. Not that I'm ungrateful, I'm extremely grateful. <laughs> I'm just a procrastinator. <laughs> I'll put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. And then when I kind of feel like doing it, I'm, I'm really embarrassed and I just put it off forever. It's just not ungratefulness, it's something else. So in preparation for this message, we found a blog that's actually called Gratitude and Distraction. And it's written by a guy named Rob Lone. He's part of a Christian organization called Vantage Point Three. It's an organization that's committed to helping women and men discover uh, deeply who they are in Christ. And so this blog, I mean, bingo, gratitude and distraction. So here we go. Hmm. 
He writes, I am reminded this Thanksgiving, this was a few years ago when he wrote this, I'm reminded this Thanksgiving week of Christine Paul's words on gratitude. She writes, our capacity for gratitude is not connected with an abundance of resources, but rather with a capacity to notice what it is that we have. He goes on to write, we can live such distracted lives. This is funny because he's writing this several years ago, but it hasn't changed. Sitcoms and baseball games. If you were a Phillies fan, you were greatly distracted last month. Doctor's appointments, beauty magazines, that's my distraction. <laughs> Laptops and hurricane updates, well, we get them all the time now. Piano recitals, beer ads, even Bible studies. That's true, sometimes we get so caught up in the Bible that we don't have time to live it out. We're so busy reading it. All these clamor, crowd, and compete. Good alliteration. Clamor, crowd, and compete for our attention. We are very distractible people in a very distracting word. Amen? Amen, writes Leighton Ford. We so rarely exercise an undivided attention. Our distracted minds seem to have little space for the things that matter most to us, the things that actually need our undivided attention. When we fail to regularly reflect upon what we are grateful for, we lose sight both of both the gifts and the givers in our lives. Wow. Boy, I just got nailed. I have been living with this message for a while, and, you know, I, I edit, Alan writes, I edit, and right now, we so rarely exercise an undivided attention. I have been so proud of myself to be a multitasker. And what the Lord is saying right now is, whoa, wait a minute. I want singular focus. And how often have I been guilty to not have a singular focus, even when I'm reading scripture, doing my devotions, it's like squirrel. So, wow, this is really interesting today. Reflecting on this, our capacity for gratitude, they say, is directly connected to a capacity to notice what we have. And that capacity is inversely proportional to the amount of distraction in our lives. The more distraction, the less capacity we have for gratitude. The less distraction, the more capacity for gratitude. And most of us, most of the time, are distracted greatly by everything around us. I mean, life is busy. Life is crazy. We're tied up with our kids or grandkids or things. We're very easily distractible in good things. But we need to get less distracted and more focused on being thankful. Being thankful. Here's what the Apostle Paul has to say about this in his letter to the church at Thessalonica. He writes... Always be joyful, never stop praying. Always and never, right? Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, not some, not a few, 
not several, not many. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, that really sounds like an impossible directive. <laughs> I mean, think about the words that they use always, never, all. I mean, it's not some and a little bit. This is like, bam, right here. Be thankful in all circumstances. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, he puts this another way. He says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So giving thanks in every situation. Let's just think about that for a minute because it's like, I, I can't, this is hard. But this is what we believe the Lord is trying to say to us. Giving thanks in every situation doesn't mean that we must be happy with every situation. It doesn't mean it's like, yay. It doesn't mean that. What it means is that we don't need to be, we don't need to feel thankful before giving thanks. We don't have to feel thankful before giving thanks. Thanks is just an attitude. It's a state of mind. And so there are days that I might not feel thankful for something, but I'm still overall thankful. That's what we're trying to say. By faith, we can say, this is a lousy situation. I have been dealt a terrible hand of cards here. But Lord, I trust you. I trust that you are with me through it all. I trust you that you will teach me through it, that you will bring and can even bring good out of it. So that's how we can be thankful in the midst of some circumstances. And having that kind of attitude is actually a choice. We have a choice to feel that way to uh, a month or two ago, I preached on think higher, or we can go down this other rabbit trail that just gets darker and darker and darker. Be thankful in all circumstances. Um, we shared before that my mom was a real sick several years ago, and um, so we put an in-law suite on the house we were building so she and my dad could move in with us. And one month to the day before we were supposed to move in, we were supposed to move in July 1st, a month to the day before June 1st, my father dropped out of a heart attack. And um, that was, <laughs> that was kind of tough for, on several levels. First of all, I wasn't quite 34 years old. Carrie so was, when he had several years ago, it was like when you get older, it's all in perspective. It was yeah, a it was, lot of years ago. Yeah, it was over half our lives. <laughs> because I wasn't, yeah, it was half my life. Because yeah. I wasn't quite 34. You were just shy of 32. We had three kids. Turner wasn't here yet, but we had three kids. And, um, and not only had my dad died then, but then we were fully responsible for caring for my mom because she was still going to move in. And she had significant medical issues. That's a, yeah, yeah. And it certainly was not a joyful day or time at all. And yet in the midst of that, I can say I was thankful. Um, I'm thankful my dad died suddenly rather than with a long, lingering, painful illness because... If you knew my dad, that would not have worked well. <laughs> that would not have been a good situation. 
And um, I was thankful that my dad knew Christ. There'll be an eternity. I was thankful that we had things prepared in advance. It was already set up. It was a done deal. I mean, it was ready for mom to move in. That would have been a horrible time for things to then have to start building in it because she couldn't take care of herself. And my sisters at the time were both going through divorces, so it wasn't going to be on them. It was on us. And we were 60 miles, we were 80 miles away from where they lived. That would not have worked at all. So God, you know, in God's infinite wisdom, God knew it was coming and prepared us for it greatly. I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm thankful that it was Carrie and me that were the ones who were going to take care of her. I knew we had what we needed to get the job done, even though it was going to be more than challenging at times. It was. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But, you know, God gave us just what we needed to do what we had to do. And ultimately, it was good. It was good. And, and we were and are thankful in the midst of the great challenges that God placed before us. So, you know, be thankful in all circumstances, if possible, challenging as it may be. But sometimes there's a log jam because we're to give thanks in all circumstances, and yet all too often we have this case of distracted gratitude. It's really tough to rejoice always. It's tough to pray always. It's tough to give thanks in all circumstances when we're constantly being bombarded with distraction after distraction after distraction. Now this next part that I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it slow because I don't, we don't want you to miss this. Somehow, we need to find a way to be distracted, not by the things of life, but by the things we are grateful for. You hear that? We need to find a way to be distracted, not by the distractions, but by the things to be grateful for. We somehow need to let our thankfulness be our distraction. Yeah, that's a flip-flop, isn't it? Our thankfulness be our distraction rather than the distractions of life keeping us from gratefulness. Somehow we need to be distracted by our gratitude rather than distracted from our gratitude. I will say that again. Thank you very much. Somehow, I love the talk back. Somehow we need to be distracted by our gratitude rather than distracted from our gratitude. Then the question is, what's that look like? How, how do we get started? You know, thankfulness is actually a, a skill, like so, so much a part of life that we can develop, but to develop it takes practice. It's a matter of pausing and noticing the abundance with which God has filled our lives. We can take a hint from a verse 
found in the book of Lamentations. It's in the Old Testament. It's a book that expresses the desolation of Judah after the fall of Jerusalem back in 586 B.C. Here's the verse, uh, Lamentations 23, 22 through 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Let me say that again. His mercies begin, say the next with me, afresh every morning. Each morning, I'm sorry. Those of us who have been in church for a long time and love the hymns, this would be the time when we would sing great is our faithfulness. Why don't you lead us in that? I can't do that. Okay. So this verse in Lamentations, actually the book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And he wrote this time, this book of Lamentations in a great time of grief and national mourning. His situation was that the great city of Jerusalem had fallen. It was invaded by Babylon. Lamentations contains laments or loud cries for what had happened. But right in the middle of this book, there's lamenting about what was and what no longer is more. But right in the middle of this book, in chapter 3, he expresses this beautiful message of having hope in the Lord, hope and confidence in the Lord. Every day, every morning, God shows his mercy and compassion. And so, yes, this book was written thousands of years ago, but it is absolutely applicable to our lives today. No matter what we are facing, no matter what is in front of us, we are told here in Scripture that the steadfast love of God never ceases, never ceases. And his mercies are new every day. Great is your faithfulness, O God. God's mercies never cease. So what if that were true of our gratitude? God's mercies begin afresh each and every morning. What if that we were to begin a new life of distracted gratitude by offering up a prayer of thanks afresh each and every morning before our feet even hit the floor, before we had that first cup of coffee. Oh, that's tough. I know, that's challenging, Carrie. Have you ever made a gratitude list? Begin by thinking of something you're grateful for, maybe one thing. Write it down. Make that part of your daily discipline. Wake up in the morning. Maybe that's the first thing. First thing you can think of that I'm thankful for, Lord. And not the same thing every day. Thanks for the sunshine. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for the, you know, whatever. Something different, something new, something afresh. Begin the day like that with just one thing. Chances are good it won't be long you'll be thinking of two things. (laughs) Because it's hard to limit yourself to just one thing. And, And the next thing you know, you might even be thinking of three things. Yeah. And then... And then maybe you'll find yourself sharing your gratitude with God, not, not just first thing in the morning, but throughout the day. 
it becomes your distraction, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, in a time when we've done this, wow, it certainly changes your perspective. So we want to share in Scripture how the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, he shared that gratitude for his young protege named Timothy. Paul writes in his letter to Timothy, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan the flames, the spiritual gift of God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Timothy was young, so this was an important message for him. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul goes on, but you get the point, I think. Can you imagine being Timothy, receiving this letter from your spiritual mentor, the Paul, the Apostle Paul? I thank God for you. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again. I, I remember your genuine faith. Wow. Wow. You know, that had to be a special moment in Timothy's life to read those words and to know what, what Paul was telling him. Wow. But things like this just don't happen. They have to be intentionally done, intentionally focused on. And I know sometimes it's easier to say, thank you for this, you know, thank you for this gift, thank you. But what about expressing gratitude for the things that are unexpected that you experience? What about showing gratitude outside of the expected? Hmm. A couple of years ago, um, well, actually, it was way back in 2014, so it was more than a couple. <laughs> Our perspective <laughs> changes. <laughs> so I wrote such a letter. It was an email. I, I would, had been thinking about what I do here at church, one of which is to write messages and to speak it on. And I got thinking back, and I got to thinking why I even became an English major in the first place, because my, my, I was always strongest in math, you know? Till 11th grade, then tell me I'm done with my math future, but any trigonometry. But anyway, I, 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 was, I was an undeclared major, but I had to declare because I wasn't getting any classes. And I chose English. I'm thinking, why did I? And then I, and then I remembered why. It was because my freshman English class, we went to Delaware, we probably had critical reading and writing. Eh? E110. Everybody just looks forward to that class, don't they, Bonnie? They just love it. It's a requirement for everybody. But I had it with a, a professor with the name of Dr. Barbara Gates. And she was special. And, and for a lot of reasons, but what I especially remember her, you know, some English teachers, their specialty is to ask you a question. If you don't hit it right on the nail, wrong, wrong, wrong. Oh, yes. I was looking for red cloak, you know, or whatever, you know, just exactly the answer. But that's not what Barbara Gates did. 
She'd ask you the question, and when you responded, her favorite, her favorite response was, how so? Does that sound familiar? Those of you who have been in Allen's classes? I still use that because the purpose isn't just to get a right or wrong answer, but it's to discuss, to find out, what, why do you say that? That made her special, I thought. And, 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 and I've always wanted to tell her how much I appreciate her and her teaching and why, but I'd never taken the time. So, 38 years after I graduated, <laughs> 38 years, I did it. I, I knew she would never remember who I was. I mean, I was a kid in, uh, what, an 18-year-old kid in her freshman English class. And I'm, you know, she had hundreds, maybe thousands. She'd never know me. So I called her up who I was, where I'd been, and I told her what a spark she had been to me in her class. And how because uh, 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 of her, I decided to teach English. And then some job changes, and I became a pastor, a preacher. And how every week I write an 8 to 10, or this week, 12-page paper, just about every week of my life. If you knew me back then, you wouldn't have believed I'd write a <laughs> paper once a year. But anyway, <coughs> every week of my life. And little did I know, sitting in her class 30 years before, that I would be using the skills that she taught, both analyzing literature and writing skills, that I'd be using those skills every week of my life. Hmm. I told her that, that I was writing this just to say thank you. Just to say thank you, that she made a difference in my life. The skills she taught me, I use daily, and I'm just so glad that she was my teacher way back when. Now, her response wasn't, I mean, mine was several paragraphs. Her was a, a very, very brief response, but it was powerful. Here's what she writes back. She writes, wow, you must have some idea of how much a thank you like this lights up one's life. Thank you so much, Alan, and continue your important work. Lights up one's life. You know what? It's important to light up one's life. It's important to light up one another's life. That's what community is. That's what church family is. That's what being a friend is. <clears throat> and so we want to give you... Georgie, I'm looking at you. Welcome back. I know you guys have been traveling. You do this. You send me emails all the time. Thank you. It really, it's an encouragement. We have some cards that our care team has uh, made. And how many people have ever received a card from the care team? Yeah, that's like, like a ton of this church. And um, it does light up our life. It means something. So we have some cards for you. They're out on that big table in the lobby. If you want to take one or if there's more, take two or three. And write something and send it to somebody and light up their life, it would be such a blessing for each one of us to do that. Mm. Distracted gratitude. I know I've let far too many day-to-day -day things distract me from the one thing I'm most grateful for, and that's the saving grace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe that's true for you as well. He alone is responsible for uh, this new life I have, this do-over, this second chance. He, he alone sacrificed his life on the cross for me, for you. He alone went to hell and back, literally, 
so that we don't have to. I'm most grateful for the gift of resurrection. It's a gift that proclaims that death does not get the last word. Amen? Death does not have the final say. Jesus' resurrection proves that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that everything he said was true and everything he did was important and crucial. That he is the good shepherd, that everything... Uh, that, that, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is that bread of life that we feed on. That there is, never some, there is nothing, nothing that can separate us from his love. Amen? Nothing. And yet too far often we do let the distractions of the world kind of mess with us and we forget. We forget where our true gratitude should lie. Our prayer is that our distraction wouldn't be the things of this world, but our distraction would be to give God the glory and the due and the honor. And that's when we express our gratitude for what he has done, will do, and is doing right now in our lives. Remember that lamentation scripture, new mercies every day? We have a new chance every day when we're in Christ to have a do-over, to start again. We have a chance to be forgiven. We have a chance to forgive others because it's, I can't even say that without smiling like really, that nobody gave me that I couldn't get from my parents. You know, they, we can't confer that on each other. We have to take it in ourselves. We have to say yes ourselves. I'm so thankful for the people that did things in my life and led me to accept Christ for myself. Perhaps is God calling you to help someone do that? Walk alongside of them, love on them, be the witness, or just be the, through action, just care. We lack caring in this world. We just need to care. And Christ gives us new life, and for that, we can be grateful. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is one of our bedrock scriptures. If anyone is a new Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. What's the rest? The old is gone, the new has come. So my goal is for my gratitude for Jesus to be my distraction. For my primary focus to be on him and him alone. How about you? How about you? That's the good news. Let's be thankful for it. <laughs> Let's believe it. Let's live it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Most holy God. Wow. One, uh, one leopard returned to say thank you. How often is that us? Lord, please help us to to make thanking you the distraction, to being thankful for those around us to be our distraction, to be grateful all, all over for everything, to be our distraction, distracted gratefulness. Please help us to refocus on that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All those gathered said, Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.